This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. Well, it is the subject of conversation on both sides of the border. Donald Trump and those lewd comments he made in 2005 where he said he can get away with groping women, kissing them, grabbing their genitals without consent because he's a star. So will the Access Hollywood bus stop the Trump train? We want to know what you think. Do you accept the explanation that it was just locker room talk or does it sicken you? Does it take you off Donald Trump, who you thought might be a good thing in politics? The numbers to call 416-360-0740 or toll free 1-866-740-4740. Well, a post-debate poll showed him well behind Hillary Clinton, but there are other polls with closer results. Uh, uh, an average of the polls show Hillary Clinton now six and a half points ahead of him. But when you figure in that the margin of error is about 4%, uh, what is the real extent of the damage? Let's go to Laura Babcock, PR specialist and president of Power Group Communications. Hi, Laura. Hi. Well, what what do you think two days on? It is a bus that is sitting on the tracks blocking the Trump train. And Trump had an opportunity, to extend your analogy, Trump had an opportunity to be able to get there on the debate stage and say unequivocally that the behavior he was alluding to, the behavior that he was promoting is completely unacceptable and that he has changed since and now he's a grandfather and et cetera, et cetera and pivot to message about what he wants to do for America. Instead, what he did was got up there, almost doubled down. Yeah, I'm sorry for that locker room talk, which isn't a real admission of anything actually having been done wrong. And then he pivoted to ISIS, which didn't make a lot of sense to anybody watching. So, you know, he came out swinging at the debate, no doubt about it. Libby, he lived to fight another day. I don't know that he's going to be able to fight for the remaining days that are left all the way to the election and be able to succeed. But he certainly did not do himself any favors by trying to minimize and normalize what many people, myself included, heard to be discussion around sexual assault. I think people understand the difference between having a conversation about women that you pursued or men that you pursued or or acts that you want to brag about or whatever it happens. But when you're talking about the entitlement to grab somebody and get away with that, that's something different. And that's why we have seen people coming out from all the major sports in the United States, at least the, the major, you know, the NBA and the NFL, et cetera, saying that's not locker room talk, that for him to try to characterize it that way is simply not accurate. And, you know, so there's a pushback. So if he had just come out clean, like Chris Christie advised him to do on Friday, then he would have had a shot maybe at getting some of those independents back. But instead, what he did was try to excuse his behavior. And I think he'll get a pushback to that all the way to the election. Well, he basically, when uh, Anderson Cooper pressed him, he said he didn't actually do it. 
Well, there's been, of course, as we know, um, some allegations made that are contrary to that and, and some lawsuits and other things, and, and that's for him to try to clarify as he goes forward or try to fight or whatever that situation is. But it took him three times for Anderson to push back for him to say that. And he essentially said in a campaign stop last night that if there are more embarrassing tapes of him saying stuff coming out, then he's willing to fight even harder about Bill Clinton and the Clintons. So clearly there's more stuff, at least of this nature, that might be out there. Whether or not he's actually committed any of these sexual assaults, nobody knows. But the idea that he was promoting it as something that someone with his star power could do, that he was entitled to it, that goes to character. And people heard him on a hot mic, which is when he was literally uh, not aware or, or seemingly not aware that he was being overheard. So this couldn't have been him faking it. And I think that's why it's so significant. In the world of public relations and issue reputation and management, it's often the the secret stuff that gets leaked that has so much more power than any lawsuits that might have been filed against him or any rumors that were out there. When people hear an audio tape or when they see a tape, like Romney's 47% tape, that's something different. That really makes people feel like, oh, okay, this is the real person. And the real person that was exposed in that Access Hollywood bus is somebody that many people in the United States, including top Republicans, simply don't think should have access to the ultimate power of the Oval Office. Uh, It's interesting, you know, uh, Billy Bush, the host who was on the bus with him and was kind of uh, giggling and chortling over this, he's been suspended indefinitely from his job. And uh, Seth Meyers, the late night comedian, it it seems like late night comedians have the most trenchant commentary. And he says, you know, is the host of the third hour on the Today Show uh, held to a higher standard than the Republican nominee for president of the United States? Well, that's an excellent point, and part of the problem with Billy Bush, there's really a couple of items. One was, I think, the most egregious, which is he heard Donald Trump talking about feeling entitled to grab women and then heard Donald talking about how attractive he was to this this, uh, co-star or this star, and then Billy got off the bus and tried to facilitate a physical contact between them with saying, oh, give Donald a hug. I mean, that's just a bridge too far. And then in an internal review, they're saying that... uh, it turns out Billy Bush was bragging about the presence of that tape when he was doing the Rio Olympics. So now, of course, his bosses are like, well, if he knew about it, you know, why didn't you bring it forward? It, it took another producer to come up with it. And then, of course, they got scooped by someone leaking the tape. So well, that was the because, bad. yeah, the, that was because apparently their lawyers were going over it with a fine tooth comb. And uh, one of the issues is that that there may be other tapes and other things, but they legally can't. Uh, release it because of whatever kind of confidentiality agreements that they signed or something like that. Absolutely. And that's why you saw Trump last night getting ahead of it, saying, you know, if they want to bring up more tapes, then I'll go after Clinton harder. So he's obviously aware that there's a potential for that. But at this point, all that's going to do is reinforce what people saw, saw on video, heard on video on Friday night. It really was uh, like a, you know, it, it took a hurricane off the front page. It took a hurricane off the top of the cable news. I mean, that that just shows you that this was a seismic event when it comes to politics. And he got out there on Sunday night and beat a lot of expectation by, you know, saying that he's going to fight right through it. And I think that that was some good red meat for his base. I'm sure it shored them up. Maybe some Republicans who were on the sidelines, they thought, okay, this guy's a fighter. I'll stick with him. But it is really significant just in the last couple of hours that we saw Paul Ryan say that you know, he is, in fact, going to release 
Republicans to do whatever they want in terms of Donald Trump just to try to save Congress because they figure that the presidency is going to Clinton and so is the Senate to the Democrats. And so now we've seen Donald Trump essentially have a Twitter meltdown. He's sent out five tweets in the last two hours, Libby, and yep. not the least of which is him saying that he's going to be unshackled now. I mean, he's insulting the, the Republicans, he's insulting Paul Ryan, and he's saying he's unshackled. So what does an unchained Trump look like? Uh, I think it takes us to a place we've never seen in U.S. politics, at least not in the last hundred years. <laughs> okay. Uh, we're going to take, uh, we're going to go to the phones, the numbers people uh, to call 416 360 40, toll-free 1-866-744-740. We want to know your views on the latest Trump. Uh, that lewd video still at the top of all the news cycles. Uh, as Laura was mentioning, he's been on a Twitter rampage the last few hours saying he's now unshackled because uh, Republican leaders have come out against him. Um, I've given out the numbers. Let's go to Michael, who's in the car. Hello, Michael. Hi, Libby. How are you? Fine. How are you? Not bad. Thanks. Having a good day. Um, I think we have to put things in perspective. Uh, you're looking, you have to look at the type of guy you're talking about, a type A personality who's gone quite far in life. Uh, he's uh, notorious, he's famous, he's whatever, and I think he's got a bit of a God complex. And I don't think he's, he's uncommon in the world of politics. I'll give you an example. It was the summer of 76. I was a student. I was driving taxi. I picked up a gorgeous young girl at the uh, the generator, a nightclub in uh, at Young and Eglinton at the time, who was uh, really ticked off. I said, "What's the problem?" She said, "Well, it was um, a victory party for a certain politician who I will not name, but who did become a prominent member of Bill Davis' cabinet uh, subsequent to the election." And she said he just couldn't keep his hands to himself. He was all over her. He was this, that, the other thing. So. It wasn't too tough to get the picture. Uh, the guys like that are not uncommon in the world of politics. I mean, what kind of guy wants to seek high office in the first place? I'm not excusing the behavior in any way, but I am saying there's a sort of an old boys club, a, a cult of that sort of behavior, if you will, and therein lies the problem. It's uh, not a societal thing. It's something to do with the boys themselves. Okay, so what do you think? Do you think uh, that this is going to derail Trump's campaign? Um, it'll be difficult for him to turn it around into some kind of a positive uh, message to the public. If he does, it could be his final hour, but I kind of doubt that at this stage of the game it's going to happen. Uh, I don't think he has enough time to repair the holes in the fabric that he's torn with his uh, 10-year-old uh, vulgarity tape. Okay, Michael, thanks a lot. You're welcome. Have a good day. You too. Bye-bye. Okay, so the number is 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-740-4740. We're talking about Donald Trump. I'm on the line with Laura Babcock. And uh, Laura, uh, you're saying that he's threatened, that uh, if if uh, there are more revelations about him, he will fight back with uh, revelations or uh, hammering on Bill Clinton's uh, record with women. Is that going to backfire on him, or is that a good plan? All the polling that was done, even back when Giuliani originally was running against Hillary Clinton in New York State, 
showed that any bringing up of Bill Clinton's indiscretions only made her look more sympathetic. And I don't think that that has changed much. There's a couple of problems with just hammering away on the Clinton record. Yes, there's tons of conspiracies out there, and there's tons of actual scandals out there, and there's lots and lots of material, but it's material that's pretty well known. And it's material that if it's handled uh, wrong, it can in fact make her look more like a victim, make her look more sympathetic. And, and Donald Trump is not good at handling sensitive material, as we've seen. So the chances of this, yes, gluing together his base that hates Hillary Clinton more than anything else, and those few Republicans that are still supporting him because they're afraid of, of Clinton's Supreme Court nominations, He's trying to keep them together with this, you know what, uh, I'll be the one to take the fight to the Clintons, I'll be the one to fight this thing through to the end. But I think even Donald Trump knows that that's not good enough. To pick up from your caller's analogy, you know, there's, there's rips, there's tears in the fabric. I would say it's almost in shreds. And it would take some master, some master media manipulation and politicking and organization on the ground to bring that all together in time for the election. Donald Trump might have the media piece, but he certainly doesn't have the rest of those capacities. And, and fighting internally this internecine warfare with the GOP establishment who would help him get out the vote in all these races, isn't going to help him either. So you've got somebody who is working against their own interests by going hard after the Clintons. It might make his crowds cheer loudly, but it's been shown not to have a, a positive bump for him in terms of any kind of support, especially when you look at the real fight here is for those suburban women. They're, it's for the educated white voters, the people that Republicans usually get, Romney got, uh, he is, you know, more than doubled. He's like 30 points back uh, with, I think, with educated white women. So, I mean, there is such a ground to cover and only four weeks to do it. And with how uncontrolled he is and how amateur his machine is in his campaign, it's so unlikely that he's going to be able to gain that ground back. And I think Donald Trump knows that, Libby, because he is saying that if he loses, it's going to be because Paul Ryan pulled his support. He's saying that the election's rigged. He's telling his people to go out and watch that those other communities don't take his election. Okay, Laura, let's take a couple of calls. We've got uh, Robert in Cookstown. Hi, Robert. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. (laughs) I'm retired, so I lose track of time. (laughs) What do you think? Uh, what do I think on this? Yep. I, well, I certainly don't condone what uh, Mr. Trump said. Um, most people with any sense of morality don't. Don't. But uh, I just find that the, the, the left wing, the liberal media, etc., on this whole issue is that uh, they've suddenly discovered morality and uh, what Hillary's done with her husband's sexual escapades, and she's she's uh, these women have been traumatized with Bill and. And we know that Hillary's intimidated these victims. And, uh, and so I just think that actions speak louder than words. And Trump's were, uh, were not appropriate, what he said. But they're just, they're just words. And, uh, but what well, are you done? sure they're just words? He, he said he didn't do it. But um, are you sure about that? Well, I'm, I, I can't say for certain. But at this point, I think he's uh, innocent until proven guilty. And it's, you know, but what, we know what she has done to these victims. And... Her and her husband. Well, that's that's also uh, some of it. I mean, there was some of it that was pretty murky there. Yeah, but she didn't even respond to it in the debate. She just she didn't want to respond to it. And at least at least Mr. Trump did respond to it. Okay, Robert. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Okay, let's go to Doug in Peterborough. Hello, Doug. Hello. What's oh. your view on this? Pardon me. What's your view on this? 
Um, and as far as his comment saying it was locker room talk, yep. Um, I'm retired now. For many many years, I worked for different trucking companies, and when you get a bunch of truck drivers together, and I'm no Donald Trump in the truck driver, but men are men are men. This isn't any different than I heard for years and years and years. When he said locker room talk, 100%. So you don't think it's a serious problem? Nope. Interesting. He's he's a big mouth. He's a bragger. He says things to be heard. At the same time, um, people take advantage of him because of his big mouth. What do you mean? When I say take advantage, um, with the microphone miking that conversation while they were on the bus and as they left the bus and so forth, so forth. Um, oh, no, he knew he was miked. Well, at the same time, he didn't know uh, 11 years later that CNN were going to use it uh, against him if he ran for president. Uh, yeah, I guess that's I mean, true. That's, that's that's as far as CNN goes. I think they're they're the worst of all. They, I mean, that's a they should call it Clinton Network uh, instead of uh, whatever it is called. Okay, thanks, they're, Doug. They're a ninety-nine point nine percent Hillary Clinton, and anything CNN has to say, I consider garbage. Okay. Well, the, the, this was run on all the networks. Um, Doug, thanks for your call. You're welcome. Okay. Well, uh, it bye. looks like, uh, bye-bye, a lot of people uh, accept, uh, our listeners accepting that where he says that it's locker room talk. Let's see what Olive in Port Colburn thinks. Good morning. Good, good, good afternoon. Up. I'm sorry. I think maybe my question's been answered. I would like to know who released that video. Was it the CNN? Uh, no, um, it was, uh, bro- the story was broken by the Washington Post, but it came from inside NBC, and I gather that a producer uh, flagged the existence of the tape, and they were going to let that show go first with it, but the lawyers were taking so long to vet it that in that time somebody sent it to the Washington Post. So it's wrong to say that this is just CNN. It is absolutely uh, everywhere. Okay, but at least it's caused a a big interest in the election from here. (laughs) Well, I think there's always been a big interest in the election in Canada. Well, no, not as much as now. Everywhere you go, it's it's talked about. And on the TV, you just can't get away from it. Anyway... um, I agree that I'm not, I'm not a man and I don't do locker talk, but I'm sure that that goes on all the time. And if I was in the States, I would be voting for Mr. Trump. Okay. Thank you. Thank Bye. you, Olive. Bye. Bye-bye. Okay, well, uh, uh, Laura, <laughs> it's interesting. Maybe if you were running here, this wouldn't be a problem. 
Well, I think it depends a lot on um, demographics and experience. And, you know, society changes. What could be a standard at one time and acceptable is no longer. And we've seen that. We've seen that with different human rights issues and other things. Is there an appetite for the way that he described women in today's society in 2016? I think among a lot of the target demographics that he needs to get, there isn't. Uh, among maybe his base, which is, you know, white males uh, sort of in their 40s and, and up a bit, I think. Maybe that's the kind of language that they write off as just being bragging, as one of your callers did. But the thing with Donald Trump that we have to look at is the fact that he already had a difficult road to getting to the presidency. The demographic map was against him. The electoral map is difficult for a Republican period. The fact that he is saying things that are, you know, putting off so many different groups, and then is caught talking about sexual assault, which is a crime. Now, whether he committed it or he was just bragging about the fact that he thinks he's able to get away with it, however they want to spin it, saying it's talk and not action and this and that and the other thing, uh, there's not enough time for him to clean up this particular mess. And it gives enough pause to people. It says enough about his character, whether he's just a vulgar braggart or whether he's someone who actually does this to women. Uh, it is an issue of character that in spite of how flawed Hillary Clinton is and how flawed Bill Clinton is and, and the many things that they have done wrong, it is just too much, I think, of a, a stain on Donald Trump for him to be able to get those much-needed swing voters and those much-needed independents. So when it comes down to the math, this hurts him tremendously. When it comes down to whether or not he'd be accepted, uh, again, it depends on how people, what their life experience has been. But the fact that it, there is an 11-point uh, national poll difference for the first time that has come out, the fact that Hillary could be getting into the double-digit lead category, Libby, this, this is having a dramatic effect on Donald Trump. Okay. That is all the time we have for this segment. One thing is for certain, with less than a month to go, I'm sure that we'll be talking about Donald Trump again. Laura Babcock, thank you so much. Thanks, Libby. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.